1: As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a very special episode coming at you today. We are joined by former Iowa Hawkeye, Kenya Murray, and we're going to be talking all about Iowa basketball, about his sons, about his playing career, all that stuff is coming up on the show today, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And as I said, Kenya Murray was nice enough to join us on this show today, talk about you know the development of his sons. Talk about his playing career as well, and some of the great memories he made as an Iowa Hawkeye. What led him to be an Iowa Hawkeye? Obviously, he stayed in Cedar Rapids, so he he loves. You know, he loves the state, loves the fans. He also talked a little bit about the game, the Illinois game, kind of what happened, what transpired, and also why this is the season is not over y'all there's a lot of season left and we talked a lot about that as well what can this team do what can this team do this year but also for the future as well for the future upcoming year so we talked all about that on the show today and without further ado let's hop into the episode joined by Kenyon murray all right i'm honored to be joined here by former iowa hawkeye kenya murray Kenyon, how you doing today buddy doing good
0: nice and frigid here in iowa but <laughs> we, yeah. we, we get by <laughs> you got the
1: snowstorm right
0: yeah, we got uh, like a quarter inch of ice, and then uh, like almost six inches of snow in Cedar Rapids last night. So, oh man! Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's life in Iowa. I've been here since '92, so I'm used to it.
1: Yeah, it's part of the part of the battle there. Yeah, no doubt. I'm a, no doubt. I'm, a, I'm in Denver now, so I get a little bit of snow, but most likely just usually melts. But I am from Iowa, lived there for 21 years. I I understand the pain of some of the some yeah, of the weather. No doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
1: Awesome, man. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about your your playing days at Iowa. We'll get obviously to Keegan and Chris, like we talked about. Um, but first and foremost, what was it like playing, um, you know, at Iowa in the '90s, the early '90s? Well, I think
0: from a standpoint, you know, we had a great coach, uh, Dr. Tom was was awesome, very down to earth. Obviously, the style of play fit me, which was one of the big reasons why I came to Iowa, up tempo and, and pressing and that kind of thing. But I think more than anything that made it special was just the people, you know, I think the, the Hawkeye fans uh, were honestly instrumental in me coming here and choosing to come to Iowa, just the way I saw that they embraced the team and not having any pro sports. I knew we'd be on TV all the time. So that was, that was a big thing too, but, but no, it was, it was great. And like I said, I've been here since 92. So obviously it treated me pretty well.
1: Yeah. You'd never left. Uh, I love that. So as far as those, those fans do go, um, do you feel like there's still that same passionate fan base as you had when you were you know, in the early nineties, obviously there's been some dips in basketball success prior to Fran. Um, but do you feel like that fan base is still kind of that same level of intensity and excitement as it was back in the nineties?
0: Yeah, I think so. And social media, you know, pulls out some people that maybe should not be saying so much about the Iowa Hawkeyes, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I think, um, the fan base is very impassioned. I think when you look at our roster and see how many kids that are homegrown from Iowa, I think that really helps the fans to connect to them because they've pretty much seen these kids grow up in front of their eyes from the, the great high school basketball that we have here um, and now so many of them playing for the University of Iowa. So, yeah, I think the fan base is, is fantastic. And, um, you know, it just sucks this year with COVID that they're not enjoying this team in person. I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to the games, but uh, I know there's a lot of fans out there just missing the opportunity to watch these guys in person.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad. At least we're getting basketball. I think there's there's always positives and everything. At least at least we're getting basketball. I think that's what people need to realize, that there's a very good chance we may not have had basketball this year, especially with one of the most talented teams we've had come through the Iowa City area in a long time. When you were back in the playing days, though, you started 95 games in over four years. You finished 12th in career points and first in career steals. Um, obviously, some of those things have changed uh, since then. But what was your favorite memory, and what was your mo- what were you most proud of at, at your time in an Iowa hockey? Hawkeye
0: you know I think um probably the moment that sticks in everybody's mind and I've talked about it a bunch is just coming back after Chris passed and being able to beat Michigan State and then coming back to Carver Hawkeye and playing in front of the rabbit fan base that game was probably the craziest loudest um I mean most energetic game I ever played in front of Carver and so you know doing doing those kind of things with the group of guys that we had was was fantastic I think the bigger thing too is um, for four years, I played with a bunch of great guys. I, I mean, I played with NBA players. I played with, you know, all conference guys, um, some guys that drove some of our fans nuts, um, <laughs> but also, um, you know, it, it was just a great collection of people. And I think the thing I draw from it most is just still having friendships. I don't talk to my, my friends, my teammates as much as, you uh, know, some more than others, but I think that there's a bond and a chemistry that, You know, we'll always have and and then having to play for Coach Davis and Coach Close and Coach Walker and Coach DeLeo. I mean, those guys um, still reach out, um, you know, especially when Chris and Keegan signed. I got a call from Coach Davis. And and so, you know, those things are are still really special because uh, we made some memories in those four years I was here. And um, and yeah, you know, as far as the records, records are made to be broken, Um, hoping that my kids can break some of them, too. Um, But yeah, no, I, like I said, it was, it was, I had a great career here and, and obviously um, it's, it's meant a lot to me for, for the reasons that I'm still here.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, you played with Jess Settles, Ryan Bowen, uh, AC Earl, and obviously Chris Street. And then uh, I had to throw this one in there. I know Keno Davis wasn't a big, big time player, but I went to Drake. Keno was a big time guy. Uh, I went to Drake the year after he left, unfortunately, but uh, I had to add those guys in there as well. So, I mean, a pretty legendary group of guys who went to the tournament twice. So awesome stuff there. And you talk about how, you know, how exciting it was to play for Iowa, how proud you were of being an Iowa Hawkeye. Now your sons are Iowa Hawkeyes. And I got to ask you, is it more. Thrilling to be on the court, or is it more thrilling to watch Keegan and Chris play basketball on the court for Iowa?
0: Uh, it's fun. It's it's more fun being a fan, you know. What I mean, and I and I always say sometimes being a fan sucks because I'm used to coaching and being able to be on the bench and and make some differences. But no, I think you know watching those two, um, you know, live a dream. You know, I honestly didn't know Iowa was their dream school until uh, Fran offered them. And, you know, I thought, you know, they, they wanted to play division one. And I think if I'd have said, Hey, you know, I want you to go to Iowa, go to Iowa, that might've put a little more pressure on them. But um, for me, it's, it's a dream come true to watch them, you know, wear the black and gold and, and play in Carver Hawkeye and, and be hawk, you know, just, you know, and be Hawks. I think um, people that have seen them, um, some people didn't think that they had the ability to be there. I think, Keegan's de- Keegan's definitely proven people wrong, and I know once uh, Chris gets his opportunity, he's going to do the same thing for Fran. So for me as a dad, it's it's great. And, you know, our fans embracing it. Um, my wife, I mean, it's you know for her family to to see that her grandparents are watching them play. So you know, it's it's just awesome that our family. Uh, In Michigan, our family in Iowa, our family in South Carolina, they can all see uh, the two on the screen. And so for us, it's just a dream come true as a family.
1: I I can only imagine. And I want to get to to that in a second, especially about their growth, because when they were offered – You know, there was a contingent of fans that were like, what the heck is Fran doing? We haven't even heard of these, you know, these two kids. Uh, Personally, I was like, I I trust Fran. I don't know anything about Keegan and Chris, but I trust Fran. And uh, clearly uh, it is paying off very early. um, Having them on the roster has been really phenomenal watching both of them play. Uh, You know, Keegan's getting a lot of minutes right now. And I think he's showing the fan base uh, what he can do. And it seems like Chris has a very similar skill set, right? Would that be about what would you say? I mean, is there any differences between the two in terms of playing style?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Keegan's always been known as a shooter. That's the one thing I think Iowa fans are, are really going to see in his development is is his shot. He, he's always been a great outside shooter. Chris is more of a slasher. You know, he liked to get into the paint and get to the rim. Um, but Chris has really developed his outside shot. And we've seen that Keegan has really embraced the defensive side of the basketball, rebounding the ball. Those are things that, you know, I always knew he had the ability to do, but now we're starting to see him to come from fruition. But I think the biggest thing is just their physical development. I mean, they've gone from, you know, 6'6 six, six to 6'6 six, six and a half. Seniors at Prairie weighing about 175, 180 pounds to just a shade under 6'9 and and both are right at 215, 220. Um, so for me, just their physical development has been um, something that, you know, uh, I think has, has really given them the confidence to play at this level. But I think from their games, I think they're very good together. They do a lot of similar things. Um, but, yeah, Keegan uh, has always been known as a shooter, and Chris has always been known as a slasher. So uh, I think fans will see a little bit of that come out, especially when they're on the court together.
1: All right, I need to quickly pause the conversation with Kenyon because I do need to give you a very important message um, from those of the folks at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, BetOnline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that I personally trust. And right now, if you sign up today, you can get a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Why would you sit on the sidelines anymore when you can get in on the action? There's so many sports going on. We got the Super Bowl coming up in a week. We got NHL. We got NBA. We got college basketball. There's so many opportunities to put a little bit of extra money in your pocket so why wouldn't you go to betonline.ag the one place that has you covered and the one place that i trust sign up for a free account today and use the promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. Yeah, definitely excited to see that. Uh, seems like there's just kind of a logjam in that in that kind of area on the, the court. I was talking to a couple of buddies, and you know, they were talking about Chris, and I was like, honestly, I feel like they're they've got to be pretty close and similar, but it's just tough to get some of those minutes, especially on a veteran-led squad like this team. It's it's tough this year, but um, this wasn't expected to be a year where they were probably putting in a ton of key minutes, right? There was supposed to be a development piece, but anyways, with Fram McCaffrey, you know, it as a as a dad as a father. How do you feel about having your kids be coached by Fran McCaffrey? Obviously you were fortunate enough to be coached by Tom Davis, one of the the best in Iowa history. Um, But what does it mean to have Fran McCaffrey as a coach? And what do you personally feel about him, you know, being able to give your kids to him and say, you know, do what you need to do.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, funny story, Fran recruited me to Notre Dame when he was there as an assistant coach.
1: I did not realize that.
0: Yeah. He was an assistant coach under Digger Phelps. And I really love Notre Dame. I I love Digger. They did a great job recruiting, but, uh, but Digger actually resigned uh, the summer before my my senior year in high school. And so even though I love Notre Dame, it kind of took them off the, you know, in my top five schools. And so uh, I was familiar with Fran. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, people always ask, like, you know, Fran's so fiery, you know, or is Chris and Keegan going to be able to handle it? I'm like, they, they played for me. So I, I was preparing them for Fran. I think they're going to be okay. But, you know, the one thing that I, I'll say, uh, and I give Fran all the credit in the world, is he was the first coach that recruited him, Division One, Division Two, whatever, that really looked at Chris and Keegan as individuals. He saw what Chris could do on the floor. He saw what Keegan could do on the floor. He saw what they could do together. And his thing was, I would not offer both of these kids if I did not think that their skill set would help our program. And so, you know, that to me meant more as a dad because, you know, I'm always trying to, decipher you know everyone's always asking who's better is it chris or is it keegan you know and as a dad i'm like well they're both good um but he was really the first head coach that articulated what he saw out of both of them individually and how they both could add to the program and help you know his program grow so for me i was i was more than um you know it's been easy for me to kind of take the 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 dad gloves off, the coach gloves off, and just kind of give them and let them grow because I know with with Fran, with Coach Spira, um, with uh, Coach Dillard, and then obviously Coach Taylor was kind of pivotal in in recruiting Chris and Keegan. I know that they've got good guys around them, and the team is awesome. I mean, to be able to learn from a veteran group like this, Player of the Year, All Big Ten players, um, you know, I think Chris and Keegan. Uh, couldn't have gone into a better situation than they have this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a veteran squad, a team that's been together for quite a few years, able to coach them up. Obviously, for, I'm, I'm a big fan of Frank McCaffrey. I think, you know, sometimes he can rub people the wrong way. He can be, like he's said, a little fiery, a little bit uh, – I don't know if you saw the press conference. People were – some people being a little ridiculous about that, in my personal opinion. I thought you could clearly tell that he was just – pissed off not at anyone in particular on the media but he was just pissed off about the way the game played out is that kind of what you saw as well just I mean he's just he's a passionate guy and I think players love that
0: yeah and and the thing is he's going to go to bat I mean I think he had you know obviously he didn't want to say what he was feeling at the time I mean we all saw it I mean there was two or three calls in that game that you know regardless we lose by five but you know those there were three pivotal calls and actually I would say five when you look at Luka Garza's third and fourth files that were really pivotal to that game. And what Fran was doing was staying away from it. And he and Chad have a great relationship. That's the thing when outside people that aren't in the the press conferences and stuff like that, when they don't know the history between Fran and some of the people in our media, you know, they're going to take it the wrong way. Um, You know, Fran was very finely walking. He was tiptoeing the line and he made his point heard. You know, I just think that um, when you don't know an entire story and you don't know the, the backstory to a relationship, especially with the media, then you pretty much need to just kind of keep your nose out of it and, and, and let it be what it is because Chad, you know, he, he didn't take any offense to it. And so, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, that's the thing you love about Fran. He's going to, he's going to fight for his guys. And, and I tell you, you know, there's a reason why former players love him so much um, because they know he'll, he'll run through a wall for them. And, and, you know, we, we lost a couple of games where we're still 12 and four. We're still, you know, one of the top, you know, 10, 15 teams in the country. And, you know, I think we learn from the losses. I think that's what's going to help us down the stretch is, you know, the Indiana game and this Illinois game and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the sky's not falling here, Iowa Hawkeye fans.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to, I mean, we originally talked about maybe doing like a game recap. Um, unfortunately on Saturday, I just, I need a little bit of therapy for myself. So I just want to talk through it because uh, I was not frustrated at the team. I was just frustrated, like you said, by the officiating. I just need to talk through it. And so I spent 30 minutes just rambling on. Uh, so we don't need to go too much into the, the recap, um, but I do want to talk about the season, but I do want to get to the five, the five pivotal moments, because as you said, there were a few pivotal moments. Uh, I do agree on the Luca Garza, two fouls. I thought those were, very nitpicky, especially when you look at what Kofi was doing to Luca, and he was just ragdolling him around, and Luca was still managing to get his points. Uh, I think the traveling no call was pretty, uh, you know, egregious, and then obviously um, the the goaltending call was ridiculous. What is the other call that you're referencing? Just want to make sure I'm. No, those are it.
0: I was looking at I was looking at that. You know, Lucas two fouls you're looking at the goaltending call that was reversed. And even though Joe put it in after it got blocked, you know, there's that point, then there's the travel. And then the other thing I was looking at is, is how do we as a team only shoot six free throws in the game? I mean, Luca Garza is one of the best low post players that we've seen in the history of Iowa basketball. Um, He's been rewriting records in the big 10 as well. And he, he shoots one free throw, you know, I mean, I could see it if it was Jordan Bohannon or, yeah. you know, one of our perimeter guys that maybe shot one free throw. But Luca's getting banged on, um, you know, the entire game. And so, I, you know, I think that was a travesty. You know, we we did have some lapses in our fast break defense um, yeah. and even breaking down the film. You know, I shot Keegan a quick text and I was like, yeah, you know, you're a little late on this. Or there was a couple of mysteries because a lot of people don't understand what France defense is supposed to do. Um, in the zone, like how do they know where to rotate and and there's certain rotations when the ball hits the corner and things like that. So but I was able to talk to Keegan a little bit about it and and he agreed, you know, there was just there was just a couple of lapses in our half court defense that you cut out some of the fast break points. Um, and then, you know, you get a couple of stops on that end. You add in the calls by the referees and, and we walk away with that game with a win. And the same thing with you look at Gonzaga, if we would have shot our free our free throw percentage and our shooting and our three point percentage in that game. We win that game by eight to 10 points, yep. you know, everything else being equal. So I think the people that that nitpick and, and and try to break down the game, I always and I've said it on the message boards, too. Like if you haven't been in the war room trying to figure out a game plan or watch film and break it down and how to stop players, then honestly, you, you your, your, your opinion really doesn't matter when you try to break down the strategy that goes into a game. And I put myself out there, but I've done it. You know, I've played it. I've coached it. Um, at multiple levels and and sometimes it just drives me nuts when you know people don't take all those other things into consideration but you know ban is short for fanatic so you know what do we do
1: yeah I mean everyone likes to be an armchair coach I mean that's basically what I do on my show too I try to stay away (laughs) from from the strategy as much as because I don't have That experience. I was terrible at basketball. It was one of my worst sports. (laughs) I couldn't, I can't shoot the ball to save my life. All my friends would tell you that, but I can at least watch and, you know, I can see trends. I can look at some of the stats and, you know, put together somewhat of a a good picture. But obviously that's why I wanted to have you on the show as well, because you can talk a little bit more about that. One of the things I noticed is that you said you were breaking down the game film. Do you do that for each game and then uh, share kind of your thoughts with Keegan and Chris as well? All right, last pause of the conversation with Kenyon. I hope you all are enjoying it as much as I did when I was chatting with him. But I do have a very important message for you because if you haven't tried a Built Bar, you're missing out. If you need some protein in your life, grab yourself a Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And I think I can accurately say that because I have not – I've not found a, a, a protein bar that tastes anywhere near as good as a Bilt Bar, and I've tried probably 25 different varieties. Built Bar is fantastically delicious. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, 12 OGs, 6 brand new ones, and they keep coming out with some awesome different flavor combinations every single month. with some seasonal ones like pumpkin chocolate chip. They also have peppermint bark, which was phenomenal. But all these bars, not only are they very flavorful, they are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. So the flavor is great, but let me tell you about the health benefits because those are just as awesome. Built Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. It's great for the keto diet for any man or woman. And let me break it down for you using one of their flavors, which is cookies and cream. That cookies and cream protein Bar. Not only is it delicious, it comes with 17 grams of protein packed in a 130-calorie bar, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. It's what you need either post-workout or even just a midday snack. Grab yourself a Built Bar and keep your day going. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, before we get back to the show, just a reminder that we have episodes dropping every single day this week. Tomorrow we are joined by the hosts of Locked On Spartans to give you a crossover episode previewing Iowa versus Michigan State. We also have a crossover episode previewing Iowa versus Ohio State later on in the week. So lots of great content coming at you. It's an action-packed week. All that's hitting hit on this week right here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Let's turn our attention back to our conversation with Kenyon as we wrap up this interview. Yeah. You know, it
0: just depends because I know Keegan Fran made the comment in his post post game that Keegan kind of beat himself up because he made some mistakes. And so in the, in, a, in a game like that, where I thought defensively, he was really good on, you know, um, you know, Fran put him on uh, the sumo. That's a, that's you a know, big assignment. Game. It is. And, and if I and while watching the film, you know, the sumo scored on him twice. And when he was, uh, and there were two like running, floating right-handed shots that he had a chance to block and just didn't get. But when he was in his, in his area in the zone, Keegan did a really good job of containing him. And so from that, I was just like, Hey, you did a great job there. You know, here's a couple of things. And, and they were freshman things, you know, it was just kind of recognition things that I brought to his attention. It's like, Hey, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And I was just saying, I just want to say, Hey, you did a great job, you know? the one where he missed a left-handed layup in the first half, I was like, on your second step, turn it to the rim and go try and dunk on him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's nothing that's breaking his game down and saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's just like, hey, as your former coach, this is what I saw. You know, make sure, you know, next time, just just work on identifying these things and he'll be fine. And, and like Fred said, he does, he beats himself up because he knows if I make this player make that play, you know, two plays can win us the game. And so yeah. – Keegan's always thinking, like, what can I do to help this team win? So um, I break it down. But, yeah, I don't do it every game. I just kind of did it, the Illinois game, because I heard Fran say that Keegan kind of beat himself up. So it was just kind of a dad thing, just saying, hey, this is what I saw. I thought you played great. Keep grinding. Get ready for Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good message in general for the whole team because I really – You know, the Gonzaga game, the Indiana game, the Minnesota game, I can see being frustrated by the team performance, not at individuals specifically, but Indiana, we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. We couldn't hit water if we fell out of a boat in the middle of the ocean, right? It was was just a historically bad shooting game, and it's frustrating to watch, but those happen. It's a throwaway game. You're done, you're out. Uh, Gonzaga, like you said, I I broke that down, and I was like, if we hit free throws at a 70% clip and our three-pointers at a 30% clip, which is still far below our season average – we win that game. I mean yeah. that's 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 how close we were and then the Minnesota game we should have won that game. It was you know we just got it was tough towards the end, but the Illinois game was probably the toughest one for me because I felt like we played a pretty good basketball game. Yeah, there were mistakes. There are always mistakes. It's hard to be perfect, and especially against a team like Illinois, who's so strong and such a good team. People forget that Illinois is also in that com- you know, conversation for the number one team in the Big Ten, and they've had some you know losses, but they're close losses. So uh, to me, that was frustrating seeing them kind of – it was tough losing – due to some officiating, but as you said, the sky is not falling. So I wanted to get your thoughts as a long winded way of saying, uh, what are your thoughts on this season and where can Iowa go from here? And uh, what are your expectations for the rest of the year?
0: Yeah, I I think the number one thing is getting CJ healthy. You know, I I think um, Fran made the point of, you know, if, if we know it's going to, if we put him out there and it's going to possibly have us lose him for two or three weeks then we're not going to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I think the biggest thing, is, is getting C.J. healthy uh, uh, because we know how important he is to the offensive side of the basketball. Um, I think we saw some great things out of Tony Perkins. Yeah. And, 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 we, and we definitely have seen some things out of Aaron Uless. I think probably the still the biggest, I guess, um, puzzle to solve with this team is rotation and how every game is a little bit different. And Fran having um, – I mean, he literally has 12 guys that can play. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's hard because there's guys that are probably earning minutes in practice but you don't want to break up that flow especially this far into the season but that depth can also help us so I think number one is just getting CJ healthy making sure that whatever stretch run we make he's going to be a part of I think two is is continue to shore up our defense like you said you I thought even though we play more zone defense against Illinois than um, I thought we, we were going to, because I thought we came out pretty well in, in our man to man. Yeah, I think you saw some really good things there. There was a couple of mix ups, but the biggest thing is continue to get better on that defensive end. And I, and I think the loss to Indiana, the loss at Illinois gave us kind of two games were different than what we've seen all year long. And if we can break those down and get better defensively and rebounding wise, and off of those two games, I think it's going to definitely help us down the stretch. Um, you know, other than that, it's just, you know, just to continue to be the team we are. You know, you know, we know we got to feed Luca. Weezy's got to continue to be aggressive. I think Keegan, you know, with the minutes, uh, you know, you're going to start seeing him knock down those outside shots because he's one of the better shooters on the team. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from, you know, Jordan and, and some of the guys that have seen him play. Um, you know, and then if we can get some some solid minutes from, from Tony uh, and Joe, Weas- or Joe Toussaint coming off the bench, um, I think we're going to be good. You know, Patty is is disruptive. I think he's still trying to find his shot mm-hmm. um, and consistency there. But you can see what he can do with his length. Um, and Jack's been great on the defensive end. Nungie's been great defensive, you know, blocking shots, rebounding the basketball. He's, he's done that. Um, so there's a lot of positives going. We just have to continue to find a way, which is tough sometimes. How do we get better this deep into the season, you know, preparing for the, the, the stretch run?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of games coming up. We have six games over 16 days Um, coming into this. I said, I I really feel like we would probably go four and two. And I I thought, you know, there's a chance we go six. No, the very lowest we could be is two and four, but I thought four and two is probably a good mix. It's just tough to play that many games back to back to back against this many quality opponents. So losing Illinois, Was it a tough? Yeah, it was. But it's also not something that to be unexpected. It's a very good team. Those things just kind of happen. But it does make me feel good that a lot of things you're saying are things I was at least thinking. Uh, I had a on Saturday's call. Like I said, I had a episode yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. This is dropping tomorrow. But on Saturday, I did a little bit of a therapy session. I had some people call in as well. Some fans call in. And the first one I listened to said, Jack Nundy should never play another minute. And I was like, did you watch the Illinois game? Because what he did to Kofi Coburn, who's one of the best centers in the entire nation, also seven foot tall, 285 pounds. That is a that is a man. That is a big boy to move around. And Jack Nungy played the best defense I've ever seen. I mean, he was phenomenal on the defense side of the floor. And when he gets his offensive game going, that'll be a huge factor as well. Patrick McCaffrey, I also feel like there's – it's just, it's just waiting for it to click, right? He's one of our best yeah. slashers. He can drive the basket. He gets there. He's hes willing to get there, but he just doesn't have that touch yet. He's still working it out. But once he does, holy crap, watch out for him. And I love the dynamic of him and Joe Taunt and Keegan Murray so early on. I mean, that gives you a look into the future. You add Tony Perkins and Aaron Uless in the mix. Holy crap. I mean, this isn't a team that's going to be competing for national titles this year. This is a team that could be competing for national titles for the next four or five years. I think it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that the depth is is crazy. And, you know, Jack Nunji, you know, he one thing he does is he knows he's not going to outpower, you know, a Kofi Coburn. He knows he's got to use his length. And that's what he did. He used his quickness to get around. Um, he waited till he released the shot to block the shot. So I think he ended up with four blocks he did. In, in the Illinois game. Um, so, yeah, so like I said, people people are looking at, OK, Jack is not Luka. You know, that's the thing that, you know, that's that's just how it is. Joe Toussaint is not Bohannon, you know, Uh, CJ or, or Tony Perkins is not CJ, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, and even like Keegan is not Patrick, you know? And, and so there's, you know, I think when people play a certain position, fans look at them, like they should do the same thing. It's like, no, the game changes when, when Nunchi and Keegan and Patrick and Toussaint come in, it's a different dynamic. They switch the defenses up and they look to score a different way. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's all about understanding the combinations and what, you know, the play calling changes, those kind of things. Like there's little nuances that, you know, you who study the game, you know, and you broadcast on a game and things like that, like you're, you're taking your time to learn those things, you know, armchair coaches, they're just looking at the final result. And if a guy turns the ball over, if he misses a shot or this, that, or the other thing, the box scores, you can't go off of box scores and understand what people do uh, to affect the game. And so um, somebody saying that Jack Nundy shouldn't play, I'm going to, you know, keep my lips tight on what, you know, where that person can go. But I just think that, um, you know, you talk about, you know, six games in 16 days. And I think that's where our depth can be a benefit for us that other teams in the league don't have.
1: Yeah. And I also wanted to point out too, you mentioned rotations and getting those figured out because it can be tough. And that, that honestly has been a critique of Fran in the past few years as sometimes it can be almost tough to get all those guys in. He tries to play as many guys as he feels like should be playing Um, and the, the rotations can be a little bit cute to an extent, but I feel like he's starting to figure it out with this team. You look at the Rutgers game. You look at the Maryland game, he puts in a second string unit and they outscore the first string. I mean uh, that, that is a loaded amount of depth. And I do think as you kind of talked about, as we get through the stretch, we're going to find him tinkering with those rotations a bit more so we can find what makes things work. It also is so unfair for Jack Nunji to be compared to Luca Garza. It's unfair for anyone to be compared to Luca Garza uh, in this day and age. going to go down as the best player in Iowa history um Kenyon I've kept you on for a long time I know you have uh your daughter's volleyball game I know you're you're trying to you know get away a little bit uh make sure your wife isn't mad at you for you know (laughs) sitting around her too often but I have one last question for you just wanted to get a sense for actually two last questions wanted to get sense for what you're doing in the community because I looked at your LinkedIn looks like you're pretty involved with a few volunteer efforts um anything you want to say about those items and kind of what you're doing in the community for Cedar Rapids
0: yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm the interim president for uh, the LBA Foundation. It's called. Uh, it stands for Leaders, Believers, Achievers. It's an organization that uh, we started a number of years ago just to help underprivileged kids get access to not only extracurricular activities, but academic resources and things like that. Um, Alfonso Bannon, he actually just did an interview on KCRG the other night just talking about how difficult COVID has made it for us to continue to touch these kids. When we started out our first year, we had about 36 kids in a program. And before COVID, we were touching over 300 kids in the Cedar Rapids area. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things. I also uh, i am the secretary uh, for the Choices Network, which, is, which was started by a good friend of mine, Jeff Johnston. Uh, Actually, his day, his dad, Dave Johnston, was our team doctor at Iowa. I've known the family for a long time, but but Jeff four years ago lost uh, his oldest son to a heroin overdose, and so the Choices Network is about um, helping people cope with addiction uh, to get help for that. Um, And so yeah, so that that's a really uh, you know one thing that's really close to my heart because you know they're they're like family. Uh, Mm -hmm. Seth was uh, I coached Seth in high school in basketball. We went on family trips with him, so. For that I knew how, how difficult it was. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm part of that and I still help out with Prairie athletics. Um, my daughter's a freshman at, at Cedar Rapids Prairie. She's uh she started this year as a freshman on varsity. I kind of helped out in the preseason doing skills and development for the girls. Um, and then other than that, you know, um, my main job, I've been in the medical field for over a decade now in the dental field. And, and so, um, so yeah, you know, like I said, my, my roots are here um, there's a lot of great things going on, not only in Cedar Rapids, but across Iowa. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad to continue to call this home.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've been gone for 10 years at this point, but I always talk about, cause my wife and I are not coming back. It, that's just, it is what it is. But, um, I always talk about how can I instill the values I learned by being in Iowan, by being from the state of Iowa and our kids in a completely different state with a completely different mindset. Because I, I think the, the values that I got from just being in the state of Iowa is something you can't really replicate a lot of places. It's just an amazing place to raise a family at. Uh, maybe not the, the most fun place for a 20 to 30 year old, in my personal opinion. Des Moines has gotten better, but uh, definitely I, I love the state of Iowa. Definitely have a, a soft spot in my heart forever. Um, last question for you. You also developed the calm process. And I wanted to get a sense yeah. for what that means or what it stands for. And also um, where can you find it at? Cause uh, I'm so su- I suck at selling. So I just be curious <laughs> about what, what you do.
0: <laughs> no, no. Well, I, yeah, I got a copywriter, you know, calm is just, it's, it's basically I've taken, you know, the 15 years of sales that I've had and, and broken it down into, you know, four really simple steps. Um, you know, the C is for communication. Um, you know, and I think in any sales environment, that's where everything starts. You have to be able Uh, to communicate. Um, and so, yeah, so basically it's just a really simple process, uh, that I've taken to heart that's helped me be successful. Um, and, uh, we can't really find it anywhere right now. Um, I'm kind of keeping it right now to see if, uh, I do any training or anything like that. But, you know, if anybody does, if they, if they, you know, have questions about it and what it is, um, you know, like I said, they can always email me or, or hit me up on LinkedIn, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just, like I said, for me, I think sometimes sales can be, um, overthought when yeah. it comes to the, the process and what you have to do. Um, and the biggest thing, honestly, it, it, communication is where it starts. It's about you listening and then obviously, uh, providing, you know, the resources and stuff that you have to, for your, uh, for your, uh, for the customers that you're serving. So yeah, that's, that's really all it is. Um, i love it. Yeah, I've, I've I've kind of kept it under wraps for a while and um, hopefully I'll be able to use it here in the future.
1: Absolutely. Well, Kenyon, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday. Uh, we obviously had to reschedule because I forgot I had brunch. So I do appreciate you, you jumping on uh, any last words for Hawkeye nation out there.
0: No, just support the guys. And I think uh, be ready for a special run because I think these guys have it in them.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I, c- I cannot wait for, for Indianapolis this year. Awesome. Well, thank right, you, Kenyon. Man. Have a good day, buddy. All right. You too. All right, y'all, and that will do it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kenyon as much as I did. And as he said, there's a lot of season left. This basketball team is going to achieve great things. Just stay with it. Losses are going to happen, but What he said is this team can learn from these losses. Each of these games, especially Indiana and Illinois, there were different things they can take away, they can learn from, improve on, and they get an opportunity to do that tomorrow night. So thank you to Kenyon for joining the show. It was a blast talking to him. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And if you liked the show, give us that five-star review, subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate your love, your support, and your listenership. Have a fantastic Monday, and let's go Hawks.